My name is Bradley Guys. And my name is Adam Pringer. And welcome to the Hot Swap. And welcome to episode 11 of the Hot Swap. How's it going, Adam? It is going pretty awesome today. Cool. I am glad to hear that. So it was a pretty busy week for me uh, work-wise. I didn't have a lot of time to game, but, you know, besides my customary 20-plus hours of Pokemon. Um, I played a few NES games. It Kind of getting ready for what the show we were going to do, you know, later today in our second segment. Uh, the only one I was going to talk about is I forgot how much I like a game called uh, Super Beach Spike Volleyball, and okay. it's a uh, it's a two on two beach volleyball game. And there's I don't know it's kind it's kind of like that game we used to play all the time, Adam. A uh, sports mix on the Wii. Mario Mario Sports Mix. Yeah, yeah. It's the volleyball is just as good as that, except for it's on a two D plane instead of a uh, behind. You know, behind the back view. Yeah. And but you could do all the same stuff. You could do all. You could do sets, and you could spike, and you could jump up and block. But what I really like about the game is, is you can serve two ways. You can do a regular serve where you just throw the ball up, wait for it to come down, you and hit it, or you can, you can throw the ball up and then jump up to meet it and do like a super spike serve. And that's when you. That's when the game starts to get pretty crazy because the ball actually gets going pretty quick for an NES game. Mm-hmm. So if if anybody um if anybody's a fan of volleyball games and they've never tried out Super Spike Volleyball, I recommend it. It's pretty cool. It actually it actually used to come on a dual pack, as far as I know. It actually included a game called I believe it was called World Championship Soccer, which is also pretty good. So, and right. um yeah, I guess that's pretty much all I played this week. Besides, I played a few other NES games. Like I played a little Paperboy, and uh, I played a couple other games I'd never recognized before. Well, I saw a video about Paperboy that if you deliver to, if you throw papers through the windows of non-subscribers, you'll pick them up as a subscriber. But it didn't work, <laughs> which makes sense. Like, why would a guy subscribe to you if you're breaking all this stuff? Mm-hmm. But I want you know I had to go try it. So hey, this paper is actually pretty good. <laughs> anyway, so um, what did you get into this week, Adam? Okay, so uh, first things first, I wanted to mention something that I neglected to mention in last episode about E3 and my anticipation for it and what I'm expecting from it, and that is in what has to do with the Nintendo World Championship, which they brought back last year. Yep. And to a lesser extent, the Smash Brothers Invitational they did the year before, mm-hmm. um, both were uh, took place in a like a staged event with a, a crowd of people, and I felt like it brought a lot of excitement around Nintendo. Um, just having like that atmosphere of people cheering on people playing Nintendo games, um, they were able to uh, kind of show off gameplay in a, in a way that Nintendo doesn't normally do. And uh, they even, you know, showed off everyone's favorite Blast Ball game for the first time. And I just thought that they should continue that tradition and, and really bring back the Nintendo World Championships as a, a, a consistent thing each year. Um, and it doesn't look like that's happening this year. And I, I just wanted to bring up the fact that I think that they should be doing that still because I, I, th- I thought it was good for them. Yeah, I never got to see any of the ones when I was a kid. And I actually never saw the movie The Wizard until I was a grown-up. Yeah. And when I watched that movie, I became instantly jealous of, A, never, never even really knowing about him. I guess I, I, guess I might have read about him in Nintendo Power and forgotten that they happened when I was a kid. But I, 
I definitely never saw any on TV or anything. The only thing I knew when I was a kid, video game-wise, as far as TV channels, was the Sega channel that you had to get the special box for and stuff. I never re- I never knew there was Nintendo competitions like that. So, mm-hmm. like, as soon as we saw, as soon as I saw the Wizard, I was like, man, I hope they can, you know, make something like this again someday. And then, crazy enough, they, you know, five or six years later, they did. And like you said, it looks like it's not coming back, which is a bummer. And and you watched it, right? Oh yeah, I watched it a couple times. I thought it was really cool. Um, the the part where they were playing through the Mario Maker levels mm-hmm. made me like like a happy little kid. Like I was so elated to watch people play that game for the first like for the real first time. Yeah, that's true. And it just got me excited for like the the prospect of of like really getting to play that game. So I, I just thought it was an amazing event and I just wanted to bring up the fact that they, I feel like they should keep that tradition going. Yeah. I wish they were doing it too, but I mean, maybe it didn't do as well. I thought it did okay, but maybe it didn't do that great. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to bring up, um, in, i I've been watching a lot of Minecraft videos lately on YouTube. Um, I have Minecraft for the Wii U pre-ordered, uh, so I'm getting the physical copy of it because I like to get my Nintendo games on disc or cartridge. And um, so a video came across my feed on YouTube uh, of someone going on to what they were calling the oldest uh, non-reset server that is in existence. And more or less this server, which is called 2B2T server, uh, it exists as this uh, server with relatively no rules. Uh, it's an anarchy server, and um, there's like PvP that, that can happen in it. And it's just this really messed up place that's full of racist and sexist uh, comments constantly. Wow. Um, it's, it's a really weird environment. And on top of just like weird people being on the server... Um, because the environment uh, allows hacking, uh, it makes it to where you can easily edit the terrain. And the main area where you start from in the center of the map is um, just like these large cobblestone structures. Um, and uh, most of the, the regular ground is completely missing. And so you only have like these very steep angled structures and then bottomless pits that go down to the very bottom of the map where there's, like, water and lava. Hmm. And so when you first start the map, the environment alone is very harsh. You, you may die just from that, which I, I had happen to me a couple times. Um, you also have people, um, because of this recent video that I watched, it's brought a lot of new attention to the server, and a lot of new people have come on and started to um, mess up the server and like destroy stuff that's there. And, um, and so the people who are regularly using it are kind of mad. And so they're, I think pretty aggressively just killing anybody they don't recognize. (laughs) And so you, when you, when you first spawn, you have to deal with the environment. You have to deal with the fact that there are almost no resources, uh, in the center area of the map. Um, so, um, there's no ability to, find food until you go into the outskirts of the map. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I died of starvation a couple of times and I also died from people finding me and punching me to death or using their swords or whatever. Oh, wow. And so me being a huge fan of like post-apocalyptic environments, um, I was really drawn to the idea of the server. And then when I found out that people were going on there because of this new video series that was started and messing stuff up, I kind of wanted to get involved and, and see if I could survive in it and then maybe help, uh, bring a little bit of sanity to it, at least, you know, on my small scale that I could. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yesterday I, after getting my Minecraft account fixed, um, Mojang was really nice about just easily transferring over my account from one email address that I accidentally used when I transferred over to the new account style. Um, so I got access to my account again, and I played for several hours yesterday and stayed up until like past four o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. For, for no good reason at all, uh, other than I was enthralled by um, 
pretty much just surviving. Um, I barely made it to an area where I started to just harvest oak trees, which produce apples. Um, so I have I have a decent supply of apples that I'm, that I'm keeping that are keeping me alive, and I'm trying to explore the area because I'm looking for um, other sources of food. I'm looking for uh, materials to build armor and weapons out of. And um, I, right now I'm really looking for one more sheep so that I can have enough wool to make a bed. Um, because a bed, sleeping in a bed, will reset your spawn. Right. And then, and then the next time I die, I'm not going to respawn in the middle of the map and have to deal with that again. And if I spawn outside, the, outside that center area, I can more easily survive even though I've lost all the stuff that I've spent hours trying to collect. Um, so... Um, I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, games like this, uh, I like to play on the hardest difficulty settings. And even though this isn't on the hardest difficulty settings, because there is health regeneration, um, it is incredibly difficult and a very almost scary environment where everyone I came across, I had to assume that they were trying to kill me. So I was avoiding people. And every once in a while, I come across someone who was clearly new there and uh, was you could tell that they were starving because they were slowly taking damage and... They were just kind of scavenging along with me to see if we could find something. And um, it's just a really cool experience. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be playing more of that in anticipation for when the, the Wii U disc version comes out. Gotcha. It sounds, uh, it sounds like a Resident Evil game, <laughs> the way you're <laughs> describing it. Resource management, having, uh, having like no weapons, no food. So I hope you're able to get your uh, sheep so you can make your bed, dude. That, that way you don't have to start. Because it must suck having to go. All, it's like uh, Link 2. You have to go all the way back to the temple. And then you got to go through all that stuff again just to get where you were. And hope that nobody finds you along the way and takes you. Because I'm guessing the the people that are getting salty that guys are messing up the server. I'm assuming they got tons of stuff and they're really powerful. So they. Um, yeah, you'll you'll come across someone who is in like enchanted uh iron armor and uh they just come up to you and kill you instantly and they've got really nice fancy weapons and stuff and because there's hacking that's able to be done um i'm pretty sure some of the people who are playing are using hacks to where they can like see through environments so if Mm -hmm. you're hiding if you've hidden a little base inside of a, a hillside they can just see it um and so it's it's uh, it's definitely an interesting experience for sure. Yeah, it sounds tough. Uh, and uh, that's really the only thing that I've devoted myself to playing in the past week is is what little I did yesterday on that, which was quite a bit actually. Cool. Well, it sounds like a lot of work. I hope you uh hope you find the stuff you're looking for to make it a little bit easier on yourself. I guess we'll go ahead and do my song first this week. Uh, and getting ready for our next segment, I started listening to a bunch of old uh, NES sports game music, and I really like a, a lot of the specific parts of NES hockey. So I'm, I'm actually going to do the main theme with a few of the other sounds added in between. And I've actually I've already started kind of working on that. And anyway, we will be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. And uh, now we're going to go through uh, basically our uh, some of our favorite uh, traditional sports or uh, professional league sports, like the, the big ones, the big sports, the big boys. It, we're going to say we're going to make it a top five, but we'll say the top four in America, and then the biggest sport in the world would be how I would classify. It. That's, and we're just going to pick our each. Each of us are going to pick a favorite game from. From each sport, kind of, but maybe maybe we might have a double sport in there. What's up? You just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I have mine set in chronological order. And so I skip over all the NES stuff and go straight to Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run. Cool, which is a great baseball game. It is very cool. Um, it has the Major League Baseball licensing for the teams. Yep. But only one real player, which is King Griffey Jr. Yeah, which was weird. And so it's got a bunch of, like, uh, fake kind of based on real player names. Um, and uh, it's, it's – it's, I don't know. It's really, it's really nice looking for a Super Nintendo game. It's uh, made by Rare, so it's got music that would fit well with Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got a it's got a really cool. It's one of the first games I played sports wise where it had uh, a career where you could trade players and the and the players' stats would change depending on how well you played with them or how poor you played with them. And so it really made it important to 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 continue to p- perform even with a lower stat person if you if you did some you know if you got some good hits. Uh, scored some runs, their stats would go up and their value would go up even. So if you didn't want to keep them, you could uh, get some of those players up and then trade them for players that you really did want. And like like pretty much all baseball games, my whole goal is to just get a ton of power and, and scroll my runs with home runs. <laughs> because I'm terrible at base running. And uh, you you get like... You get three or four good home run hitters in this game, and you can just win every game, which is nice. So I'm guessing Nintendo must have already owned their piece of the Mariners at this point. Yes. That would explain why the game exists and why can't, why Rare made it. And... Yeah. Um, it, but it's just a fantastic game, and uh, a lot of the games on my list uh, have the ability to play multiplayer in the career or season mode. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. And uh, I do believe. And so uh, that made it a lot easier for me to be able to play through it, having someone else to play play with it, uh, play with me through mm-hmm. it. Um, I just, I'm a big fan of multiplayer sports games. I like to play with other people and when I'm doing that. Cool. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's more. I like um, when you can actually be on the same team. That's that's a lot of fun. Yes. So um, I guess I'll I'll stick within the baseball genre. Uh, I almost chose Cal Ripken Junior Baseball, which is he's my favorite player of all time, and that's a great another great Super Nintendo baseball game. But I'm going to go with another Super Nintendo baseball game. It was one of the first games I ever owned. It's called Super Baseball Simulator 1000, and it was made by Culture Brain, who you might know from the Ninja Boy games, if you had played any of those on Game Boy and NES and then Super NES. They were also known as Ninja Brothers games. So there's like hmm. there's Ninja Boy 1 and 2 for Game Boy. There's I believe there's Super Ninja Brothers on Super NES. But anyway, Baseball Simulator 1000 was a, was a great game just straight baseball game it controlled like all the others you know you'd hit the ball it'd go to the overhead view you'd move the player around but the twist on it was is not only could you pick modifiers for the pitcher and the hitter and you could you could make your own team so you could have guys have whatever power you wanted and the pitchers could hold up to like four or five different uh special power pitches but also the fielders were super powered they could slide infinitely and jump infinitely so if you timed it right you could steal a home run with a shortstop. If you were in, in the path of the ball, you just hold B, and they would jump <laughs> infinitely. So you would jump and catch balls that were off the screen that you couldn't even see. I would do it routinely to uh, my friends and the computer. 
And that that's why this is one of my all-time favorite baseball games. I just I when you <laughs> add the modifiers to it, it makes it really crazy. That kind of reminds me of Fully Cooley and the baseball episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. When Conti like jumps up and catches that fly ball. I figured I would mention I'll just mention a couple of the power-ups cuz that's what makes this game so much fun. They're, um, they're not what you'd expect. Yeah, well there's well there's all kinds of different hitting things um there's basically ones that'll make the ball go screwy. It'll just go everywhere like a knuckleball. There's ones where it'll disappear and then reappear something. You don't know where it's going to happen. There's one where you, you hit the ball and it becomes a missile. And even if the guy catches it, it'll hit him in the chest and drill him. Into, and it'll just keep going until he hits the home run wall where it knocks him silly and they drop the ball. And that that's probably uh, some of the more interesting hitting. And then there's a bunch of different uh, pitching uh, modifiers as well as far as like you can actually make the ball have fire on it and it goes 180 miles an hour it, you can have it so it basically does like shadow clone jutsu and it has it'll turn into three balls and then turn back into one um, there's one there's a leaf modifier where it actually floats in like a leaf and it's pretty much impossible to hit so I mean it and there's way more modifiers those are just a few of my favorites that uh, come mm-hmm. to mind. Oh, and my other favorite for uh, hitting is there's a speed modifier where you put it on and you can basically bunt the ball and you can almost do it in the park home run you run so fast. I mean, it's it's crazy how fast they run. Especially if you already put it on a fast person and then mm-hmm. you do the speed modifier. I mean, he'll get, he'll uh, hit the ball to the, right to the pitcher and he'll still get a triple. I mean, he runs so fast. So that's probably why this is... It's probably not... I don't know if it's my favorite baseball game, but... It's probably the most interesting baseball game I've ever played, for sure. Yeah, I had to look up some of your games because I had never played them before, and I wanted to kind of understand what they were. Gotcha. And at first I was watching the NES version of the game, uh, which is not super. It doesn't have the word super in the title. Yeah, same title, and, no super. And Okay, so that game had a space level, a space baseball field. Uh, does super... No. Mm-hmm. Baseball simulator have that? No. Okay. But it has right. a fully customizable team making app application is or OS, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. which made it that was the other thing that was really interesting. You could pick all your colors of your hat, your uniform. You could name every single player on your team, you could set their stats, you could choose your power ups. I mean I I never played a baseball game. At this point I'd probably play like bases loaded and stuff like that on on NES and I hadn't played any of the I mean, this game came out in 91, so there wasn't really that much Super Nintendo baseball games even out yet. But mm-hmm. I had never played any kind of sports game where I could actually... I mean, that's commonplace now. All the, like, the Maddens and all the NHL, not, you know, NHL 2015s and all that stuff, you can completely make your team and change your stats. But in, in 91, I'd never played a game like that. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's, that is cool at the time. And it makes sense that they were... Because, like I said, they were... They were uh, making the Ninja Boy series, which are dun- RPG dungeon crawling games, basically. So they had RPG in their blood. And I'm not mm-hmm. surprised. That, like you were saying with the Ken Griffey game, this game's kind of like that, too. Where there was RPG stats to be uh, modified and manipulated. Yeah. Cool. So that's, uh, that's all I got for Baseball Simulator. Cool. Um, so I have one more baseball game that I wanted to bring up. Okay. And that is All-Star Baseball 99. I actually played a couple of the All-Star Baseball games. I am a really big fan of Acclaim Sports. Hmm. I thought they did a great job with um, with the sports games that they made. Um, not, a, not a big fan of Turok, but their, their baseball game was really good. Um, the thing that stood out to me in this one and, and why I liked it so much is the ability to customize the multiplayer uh, games that you were playing okay uh, because you could have two people on the same team and you could go into the options and adjust which player uh, batted for which person in the lineup um, so you could set it to where um, you alternated so you were taking turns with your 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 co-op player uh, batting so it gave you something to, interesting to do and you also would then control that person that you batted for when they were running on the field. Oh, cool. So it was really uh, – you had to coordinate with the person you were playing with to make sure you weren't 
running running back to the same bases they were going to mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And then you could also set um, which specific positions you controlled in fielding. So you could have it to where, you know, those moments where you're running at, at the ball and it's in between the left fielder and the center fielder and it switches back from yeah. one position to the other because yep. the ball like gets closer. You could negate that by alternating players in the, on the outfield and infield so you wouldn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Oh, that's pretty, and, that sounds fun. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I played a lot with my brother. I let him control the pitching. And then uh, we played through careers together on that game. And uh, we had, I think we had 98 and 99. And it was just a lot of fun. Uh, Some of my favorite video game sports moments were through that game. Awesome. Cool. I never played, uh, I feel like I played All-Star Baseball on the NES. Rant. It would, probably would have been a different company at that point. Okay, and it was just like RBI baseball from what I remember. So, Which I also like those games. I think everybody does. Mm-hmm. But um, Okay, so we're ready to move on from baseball because I only have one baseball game. So before yeah. we move on from baseball, I just want to say I'm a huge uh, Orioles fan. Go O's. I'm, I put the jersey <laughs> on for the show today. Awesome. They beat the Blue Jays tonight, came back, so it was a good game. Anyway, okay, so I will pick – I'm going to go – to football next i'm gonna choose uh nfl blitz uh i think it was called nfl blitz 64 i played blitz on many different systems over the years i think i even might have picked it up on game boy color at one point i'm I'm a little hazy but i guess uh, i'll choose a 64 version because that was the best representation at that time for me to the arcade one which i used to play at the movies all the time and um what made Blitz different from, let's say, Madden, which was the other big one that I was playing back then, is there was less players on the field. I feel like there was only maybe nine, maybe seven players. Mm-hmm. I was going to say seven. Something like that. And, something something around there. And it was, uh, and it was all kind of uh, centered around hitting guys hard, even after the even after the whistle. You could you could do uh, crazy code modifiers in the beginning while you're waiting for the game to load, like big head mode. All the classic, <laughs> all these sports games have the same thing. All all time turbo, big head mode. You could. What made it cool for me though is I liked that you could basically run a flea flicker whenever you wanted. You could con- as long as you didn't throw the ball past the line of scrimmage, you could continuously throw the ball back and forth between you know a receiver and the quarterback. You could throw it to the receiver, have the quarterback go out for a touchdown pass. And I also liked on defense the fact that you could hit receivers, but you could uh, pass interfere with them basically whenever you <laughs> wanted. And I just thought it, it, when I used to play with my friends, we would get to the point where it was who could who could time the pass interference right so you wouldn't do it too soon to where you could get back up again and still catch the ball. So it, it, a lot of timing and uh, well placed throws and and I don't know, it's just a really fast paced fun football game they eventually made uh nfl street where you were playing like beach blitz football Mm -hmm. which was kind of cool but it was never as good as the old nfl blitz games in my opinion Mm -hmm. and um, i remember Uh, you said you enjoyed playing them as well when we were talking earlier yeah i think you and i both agree that uh oftentimes the arcade sports game is more fun than mm-hmm. the simulation sports game and uh you know while it's cool when a game looks super realistic and and uh, and has everything kind of in its place uh i feel like a lot of modern sports games kind of lose that just like sense of fun that you get from older sports games and a lot of the sports games around this time period mm-hmm. and uh yeah i'm a huge fan of uh, Midway's, I believe that's Midway's sports. Yeah, blitz, um, hits, red card, all. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all their stuff. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I, I played the heck out of NFL Blitz. It's just a lot of fun, and uh, it got me into arena football as well. Yeah, I've actually been to a couple arena football games, and it, it, that's really fun. I'm yeah. surprised you brought that up, but uh, yeah, arena football is really cool. Um, so the football game that I have picked is NFL Quarterback Club 99, which is also an acclaimed sports game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And um, 
in in looking at it uh, more just tonight, um, it really uh, graphically does not compare to the Madden games that were coming out on the 64 at the time. I agree. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. But gameplay-wise, uh, which is really important in a video game, uh, it just it had a, a really nice quality to it. Um, so the, the characters were really low polygon and the, uh, the environments aren't that great, but, um, a lot of like the, the movements that they, that they get done with, with the characters and just like the, like the feel of a football game does, um, other than like the sound, I, I think the sound is a bit lacking in the games. Hmm. Um, it's just, is really good. And again, the game it, is made even better by the fact that my brother and I could be on the same team and coordinate uh, how you know we would be going after the sack because that was our main component of of our defense. You guys just was, played on the line together and <laughs> went for the sacks all for the, the time. for the most part because um, it, it kind of became a, a competition between the two of us on who could get the sack. Mm-hmm. And so we're just wasting all of our front linesmen to to go directly <laughs> towards the quarterback, um, and it was also really nice to to coordinate our plays on the offense because um, you could really uh, you could do a lot more when you knew you you could know exactly what to do as um, the catcher or the receiver. Um, it, it made that whole process a lot easier than trying to coordinate that with a computer. I agree. That's, I don't think it was until maybe the second or third Madden that was released back on Super NES, but eventually you were able to team up on that as well. And it did make, it did make it a lot easier to, to pass. I mean, running was running, whether you were going to take it or you'd have your friend take it, but being able to have him go out and then he'd be draped by a cornerback and be, I'd be like, you know, cut left, cut right. And then you would mm-hmm. know they were going to cut and then you could release the pass and it would still, even though he wasn't on the proper route, as long as you were had the proper timing, you could still put a good throw out there. So I I, I could see why uh, you enjoy these these games that you're playing with your brother. It's cool to work together, even though you got to play against the computer. Which is mm-hmm. which is kind of lame. I mean, the real competition is head on head. If you want some actual challenge, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's also something to be said for just having fun and making the plays look really cool because you're working with another person. Yeah. So, um, other than I like the fact that there was customization in the in in that game, and you could uh, create your own players and teams. Uh, I, I I'm done with that game. All right, cool. I only played that one on Sega back in the day. I've never played the Super NES version of it. All right, so let's move on. I'm going to move on to my hockey game. And I chose uh, the first hockey game I ever played, NES Hockey. And I'm pretty sure anybody that's actually checking out this show has probably played NES Hockey. Um, I want to bring up something about this. Because when I first saw your list and I saw that, my immediate thought was, what the heck, why isn't this guy picking Blades of Steel? Because that's I have not played uh, NES hockey, but oh, I have wow. played a ton of so I, I've played a ton of Blades of Steel, and I think the game is awesome. And so I watched some videos of this game, and then I learned exactly why you picked it because it is actually a much better game. It's it's just really cool. I just like how you can pick either the skinny guy, the fat guy, or the medium guy, and you. And it got kind of crazy. We would try different combinations. We used to we used to play all fat guys, all skinny guys, and that makes the game pretty crazy. Um, but I like Blades of Steel. But I just grew up playing this one. I didn't even get to play Blades of Steel until I was much older. So that's why mm-hmm. this game always jumps out at me. It was basically NHL hockey, and then eventually I moved on to like NHL '95 and stuff like you know the real this the what we call those like simulated sports mm-hmm. games this one's still kind of cartoony um but even though it looks kind of goofy and there's not much in between just playing the sport of hockey it it controls almost perfect um i'd say the the toughest thing is learning how to use the goalie properly but i mean the shots feel good the when you get in, when you get uh, into a scrum with a guy it feels good fighting for the puck and what's cool about this game is if you fight too hard for the puck you get into a fight so and then you take the penalty because you're the one that initiated the fight. So you got to be careful with your defense. You actually will get to a point where 
you're like, oh man, I've hit the A button way too much. I better let go now, or I'm gonna, or I'm gonna get penalized. And then you go down a man, and then they score in your face. So, <laughs> so. Um, you mentioned the the goalie controlling. Um, so that's one of the things that I thought made the game a lot better than Blades of Steel. Okay, is that you can actually control your goalie's movement. Uh, um, it basically you're controlling the goalies up and down movement at the same time you're controlling uh, the regular player on the ice. Exactly. And so you really have to balance like when to like kind of give up on trying to get the puck and focus on go- goalieing. Yep. And I thought that that was a nice little trick um, that I that adds a lot of depth to the game to, with you know two button simple controls. There's not a lot there, but that that little trick that they do there to give you control over the goalie, I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, it it does work. It's just it takes a little getting, and plus, it's unrealistic looking. They had to make it so you could try to shoot. I mean, the the goal is ten times <laughs> bigger than the goalie, so I understand why they did it that way. It'd be too easy to stop the puck if you didn't, and it like you said, it does take a little while to get used to okay if i press up no matter where i am the goalie's moving up even if i can't see him he's back there moving up it's always moving up and down and i think you can actually move him in and out a little bit too mm-hmm. with left and right so yeah if, i i'm surprised you never played before adam I, I i think it's on virtual console though yeah i'm pretty sure i i definitely want to check it out now like i i knew nothing about it other than i I did know that there were the different sized people for the game. Right. But I kind of assumed it was just like a a poorly put together cash in sports thing. And I didn't realize that there was that how fun it actually looked. Yeah, it's real cool. I mean, and the skinny guys are real fast, but they have no defense. The big guys just knock you down and the medium guys are, you know, they're about they're like the Mario of NES hockey. But anyway, it's, it's a really simple game. That's really all I got to say about it. Okay. Um, my hockey game is Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey. That's a great game. <laughs> uh, it, yes. Um, this is really the first game that I played sports-wise that I really started to uh, see a difference between uh, how a game was going to be made. Um, it obviously has NHL licensing and players and stuff in it, mm-hmm. but I mean, I I never really. This is the time of period where realistic games were coming out because before then, everything, even even like your simulation baseball game, was still pretty cartoony, was still pretty basic and uh, very arcadey to today's standards. Yep. But but this was the time period where NHL was. Going, uh, the EA series was just going all out simulation at this point. Yep. And so this was totally different, and it was really fast and had a much smaller court to play on, court rink to play on. And um, I, I mean, it's just, it, I mean, it's basically NBA Jam of of hockey. Oh, that's and, funny. The Gretzky game I'm thinking of was a third person view, and it used Mode Seven graphics. This is the N64 game. It's like one of the oh, first I, I sports games. When you okay. said Gretzky, I just immediately thought of the Super <laughs> NES one. That's I used to play a ton of that game. No, this is the N64 game. I've never played this one. Okay. It is fantastic, and I feel bad that you haven't played it before. Oh, man. I didn't have an N64 when I was young, so. You have one now, right? I di- it's broken. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a bummer. Um, we'll watch some videos on it. You'll kind of understand where I'm going here. Okay. Um, it had, um, it, it didn't take itself seriously. It, ha- it had a lot of big hits like uh, NFL Blitz. Um, it's also a midway sports uh, game, and uh, I think there's like three people on the ice and a goalie. So there's not. It's not a. It's not like a realistic game at all. Okay. And. Um, it also has the goofy codes where you can like turn your goalie into a brick wall. Um, (laughs) there's like a big puck mode, I do believe. And the puck has like the glowing speed sensor thing on it. Like the old Fox broadcastings of hockey, the the blue dot. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's just, you know, about big hits and scoring really high, uh, games. Uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It sounds cool. 
if you if you like NHL Blitz or NFL Blitz or NBA Jam, it's it's the same kind of idea, and it it just um, and watching videos of it just now, it it actually holds up pretty well considering it's almost a launch title for the N sixty four. Oh wow! Um, they just they did what they did on it was really well done, and that's all I gotta say about that one. Yeah, I wish I could comment more. I'm excited to play it because uh, hockey now has three on three for overtime games, so it might be kind of like that, but with uh, you know arcading. So that sounds kind of fun. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to soccer then, and I'm taking it back to the Super NES for this one. I chose Mega Man Soccer, which, if I'm being honest, isn't the greatest soccer game I've ever played, but you know it's Mega Man, so I like it, and I wanted to choose it. <laughs> There's <laughs> not even really much to say about it. Um, I was reading the wiki when we were getting ready to record, and we were laughing because it's it's actually set after Mega Man 4, which I find that kind of interesting because we're already on the Super Nintendo. But anyway, it's set after Mega Man 4, and Dr. Wily comes down, and he like interrupts the TV broadcast, and he basically brings down all of his robots, and he challenges Mega Man. And that that's the story of the game. And then they made sure on the wiki to write that there's no ending to it. So they decided to make some canon for the beginning of the game and they didn't even finish it at the end. And I, I played this uh, I played this not a few times when I was a kid. I didn't play it all the time. Um, I actually probably played more like FIFA and regular kind of soccer games. But I just always thought this game was kind of cool because it's Mega Man themed. So I wanted to bring it up. Awesome. Um, the my soccer game that I po- picked is uh, International Superstar Soccer '98 for the N64. Hmm, I've never played that. Um, I've never been a huge fan of soccer. I, I, I've enjoyed watching some games in the past, um, but I I didn't really play a lot of soccer games, mm-hmm. video game wise. And I played one year of soccer uh, in in real life. Um, but around this time period was when me i was doing a lot of rentals around this time period mm-hmm. which is not something that i've done a lot in my life at all and uh so this this game i actually rented kind of on a whim of there not really being anything else to to rent and i fell in love with it hmm. it's a really solid gameplay um and you have the ability to um create your own characters and I remember my brother and I, we named our characters awesome names like Jackie Chan and Chris Rock and uh, James McCloud for some <laughs> weird reason. Um, even though at that time I had never played a Star Fox game. Maybe uh, maybe it was like a Highlander thing or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, I think maybe I did play... Uh, Star Fox 64. It's probably why I named it that, actually. Okay. Um, and uh, so, um, yeah, all everybody on our team was, like, either some reference to a video game character or some famous person. <laughs> and uh, we had a lot of fun creating all the, the, like, looks of the character and the stats and everything. And uh, one of the cool things about the game that I, I really liked um, was that all the, te- all the, the players on the team had like moods. Oh, wow. And so they could, they could, um, they could like get into a bad mood in the game and then you'd have to like take them out because they weren't performing. Like their stats would go down because of it. Hmm. And so, and so that was just a really interesting component and it took up a ton of space on the memory card because uh, you're saving all these custom characters and playing through a season and keeping track of their moods and stuff. And uh, and doing and just watching some videos, trying to remind myself of the game and and how it played, uh, I found out that the the last version of International Superstar Soccer, uh, which is 2000, in Europe and Japan, the game had an RPG mode where you like made a character and you had uh, these RPG moments where you had to, like train with a, a fellow soccer player. And do like, I don't know, like kicking goals in certain points competition with them. And uh, there's a lot of like character building parts in it as well. Yeah, and, which is 
kind of fundamental these days. I mean, they, yeah. it's like career modes or whatever. They have them in all the main sports games now. Yeah, but at this time, in like 1998, that wasn't really something you saw in a sports game. So it's a shame that for whatever reason it was removed from the North American release of the game. Yeah, that is a shame because I think there's a lot of people, you know, I might have gotten some uh, RPG guys to play it. Yeah, on a, on a system that had like Quest 64. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was a really fun game and, uh, Konami really, uh, did a good job on that. Cool. I, that's another one I've never played before. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can, uh, you know, find ways to play these games cause I want to try them out. Awesome. And I think, I think that's going to bring us to the one sport that you didn't choose a game for and that's basketball. So I chose NBA jam. Uh, you could pick any version of NBA Jam as far as I'm concerned, even the newer releases, uh, the ones that came out, I don't know, five or six years ago, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great game. I love the original Super NES. I played a hell out of the arcade version. I mean, we played it all the time. I'm sure anybody listening to this has probably at least tried NBA Jam. And it's, again, it's another arcadey style basketball uh, game and I think that's basically my theme except for the hockey game I chose all arcade style games uh, again it's kind of like Blitz you could do a bunch of over the top stuff you can knock guys down you get turbo uh, if you make three shots in a row you catch on fire so every time you shoot the ball it's on fire and it lights the rim on fire and if you dunk you like basically blow the backboard to pieces it had a whole bunch of old you could uh, unlock old guys like Jordan and stuff um because this is the, this came out after I think it was a uh, Pippen and maybe Rodman were your only choices, but you could unlock old Jordan. Mm-hmm. I think it must have been pretty. It was either right after he retired when the first Jam came out, or when he was playing baseball for a couple years. Would be my <laughs> only expl- it have to be because he must have been back as a wizard on a uh, you know a later NBA Jam. But don't hold me to that. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, what else could you do? Okay, you could be both Bill Clinton's, I'm pretty sure, the funk one and the president. And, yes. it, and it had big head mode and unlimited turbo and all that other crazy stuff that all these games have. But The Beastie Boys. Yeah, you could be the Beastie Boys. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was other ones, too. Oh, yeah, there was, a, there was quite a few codes in there. Yeah, which I I'm thought surprised. was pretty cool. I'm surprised you couldn't uh, play as Mortal Kombat characters in that game. I don't know if you could play. I think you could play as the guy who says toasty, though. I think you could get his head to come up. I'm not sure. Don't hold me to that either. I might be making that up. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there's not really. I mean, I would say the other, my other favorite basketball game until this one came out was probably Arch Rivals for NES, which is basically a Nintendo NBA jam if nobody's mm-hmm. ever played that. Arch Rivals is kind of cool, though, because not only could you knock guys down and push them around, but you could. You could do 007 rolls all around the court to gain speed. Yeah, it was, dude, you, it was, you would dive and roll. And you could actually run with your fist uh, cocked back charging, and you would just run up and just <laughs> steal a guy in the face and then take the ball. <laughs> so oh, there's, it, it, it comes from a grand tradition of crazy basketball games that I've been playing since I was a kid. Um, anyway, that's pretty much all i got to say about that. Awesome. And it kind of – ends on nicely that it's a basketball game because uh, I did want to mention just as an honorable mention that uh, during the Super Nintendo time period my aunt randomly bought me a game it might I think it might have been for my birthday mm-hmm. and um, I'd never heard of this game before and she bought me Looney Tunes B-Ball oh I've played that and I was not expecting anything out of this game and it was really fun yeah, it's not bad. Um, and it's got, like, weird, like, special moves for all the different Looney Tunes characters. Yep. And uh, Wiley Cody's is one of the best because he would just hop on a rocket and, like, zoom right towards the, the basket and do a slam dunk. <laughs> you could do it from anywhere on the, on the court. And uh, I, I played a lot of that game. I, it really made me want to get a multi-tap because mm-hmm. you could play four-player on that game. And I really hadn't seen a lot of games with that uh, available. And I just wanted to mention it because uh, it was surprisingly good. 
Yeah, it's not bad, honestly. Uh, there's games better, but it was pretty cool. And if you like Looney Tunes, I think you'd, like you said, most of the powers center around stuff they would do on the show and stuff. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, I think it. I think I got it because I am notoriously a pretty big fan of Looney Tunes. Cool. I used to wear, like, Looney Tunes gear and stuff as a kid. Everybody did from the 90s, man. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Anyway, I just wanted to say that I'm glad we did this segment. Um, besides video games and comic books, which I talk about quite a bit, I'm a huge sports fan. If I'm not – well, even when I am playing video games, I always have at least one TV with some random sports game. Like right now I record and I have professional badminton on. Uh, it just happened to be what it was on. I was watching cricket and it flipped a badminton while we were recording. Oh, cool. But anyway, um, and this has been really fun and we – actually came up with so many sports games that we decided we're going to break it up into at least two segments if not three i mean there's a lot of cool so next the next time and we'll let a few episodes come in between but we're eventually going to do some of the less popular sports and then maybe we'll get into some sports that people don't really think are sports as a possible third segment I don't know. Me and Adam will have to discuss that later. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Adam chose this week uh, a game he mentioned earlier, Ken Griffey Jr. winning run baseball, and he chose the main theme from that game, and we'll be right back. back everybody and uh, we're going to cover the week's news and uh, future and uh, releases from today Um, the first thing is that uh, I wanted to let everybody know that Splatoon Amiibos are now available for pre-order at GameStop and so you can get that Callium Nari Amiibo I just wanted to let everybody know that that's awesome Uh, yeah and uh, the so what else I got here Uh, there was a new Zero Time Dilemma trailer that came out recently and I'm not going to watch it because I don't want to be spoiled on anything about the game at all. I'm kind of weird about games like that. I did the same thing with Mario Galaxy. Hmm. Um, that game's coming out on June 28th, so I'll have to be avoiding all spoilers until then. Um, recently, Greninja was voted as the number one most popular Pokemon in Japan. Yeah, I read that yesterday. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised. Um, in a way, but I guess not really in a, in a completely different way. Um, I, I just want to say that my wife said uh, that's not a surprise because Greninja's a badass. She said he's a ninja frog. What do you expect? <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, I, I like him too. Uh, let's see here. There is a DS game uh, from Circle Entertainment, which we've brought up for DSiWare games mm-hmm. and 3DSware games. And uh, they're coming out with a game that's uh, been out in Japan for a while and I guess kind of wasn't expected to come out here, which is called Ambition of the Slimes, which is a tactical RPG, kind of like Disgaea or Fire Emblem. Okay. Is it a spinoff of, uh, of Dragon Quest? No, I, that's what I thought of when I first heard it. it. Was like, oh, it's a slime game from Dragon Quest, but it's actually just you're playing as enemy slimes in a strategy RPG setting. But so you're playing as like the enemies fighting against human, uh, you know, typical like classes and stuff. And so you're just kind of throwing enemies at them. 
to defeat the the heroes of mm-hmm. the game. Um, and I thought that was kind of an interesting concept. Uh, and uh, there, there's one slime that can crawl into the mouths of the humans and take <laughs> control over them. That is awesome. And that is really weird, too. So I'm going to be looking forward to that game. That's yeah, sure. it, sa- it sounds really cool. I want to at least see some video on it. All right. Um, and uh, Lego Dimensions has is coming out with a bunch of new stuff for this next year. Uh, they showed off this new trailer that had um, Jake and Finn from Adventure Time. Oh, cool. It had um, uh, stuff from the Fantastic Beasts Harry Potter movie. That um, comes out this year, right? Yes, it does. And it looks pretty good. It does look cool. Um, it has the new Ghostbusters, uh, the the women Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the new Ghostbusters, which is a cartoon. Um, it, it has is. Knight Rider. It has Knight Rider for some weird reason. Um, Gremlins. Oh, Mission cool. Impo- Gremlins. Mission Impossible is going to be in this game. Uh, Lego City Undercover, the Nintendo exclusive, which is weird. Um, Powerpuff Girls, Sonic, and Teen Titans. Wow, so a car- bunch of Cartoon Network stuff, a bunch of uh, other licenses. Like old stuff, Beetlejuice, and the A-Team are also in this. Wow, this is so crazy. It's like 80s stuff and then like new cartoon stuff. Yeah, it's almost like they have, uh, I, f- I forget his name, the guy that makes uh, Adventure Time. It's like they, a- his name's, uh, Pe- is it Pendulum? Pendleton Ward. Yeah, it's like they asked him what he would put in the game because it's. I mean, <laughs> he references stuff like that in his show all the time. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's. It's like we're gonna sell this to uh, guys that grew up in the '80s and early '90s and their children. Yeah, which is basically what regular show is. Speaking of another cart, I mean that's basically made for guys that grew up in the late '80s, early '90s. Hmm. Um. And so there's a new trailer out for that. It's really cool. Um. It's it's a pretty funny trailer too. <laughs> cool. And then uh, let's see here. Uh, um, and then Nintendo E3 stuff. Um, their first day is now saying that they're going to start with Pokemon Sun and Moon at nine Pacific t- time, and then it's going to be followed up by their first in depth look at the new Zelda. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if they're like moving stuff around or if they're if they're just like the way they're rolling it out is is even weirder than I was expecting it to be. Um, I'm getting really interested to see how this is all going to come together now. It, it seems really interesting to me. The The layer on top of that that makes me even more interested is that starting at 9, or no, starting at 11 p.m., or 11 a.m., so, like, I guess after a lot of these videos, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be running this big sale on the eShop um, for my Nintendo account, uh, activated users only, it seems. Oh, wow. So they're trying to get people to sign up for the My Nintendo stuff and get that all started now. And I assume they're probably going to be making some kind of announcement related to that account um, during their E3 stuff. And I'd be interested, maybe they're planning on specific sales for maybe new games that they're announcing or um, games related to new games that they're announcing. Yeah, that- uh, I would go with uh, the latter on that one. It would probably make more sense. That seems to be what they do. Yeah, I'm just really interested to see what it ends up being. And the last thing related to that is that they just opened the uh, E3 Miiverse for this year's E3, which they do every year Mm -hmm. since Miiverse has been around. And uh, I haven't gone to look at it yet, but I expect there's a lot of begging and uh, and sadness on the E3 Miiverse. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So um, <laughs> anyway, um, for the for releases, uh, the Wii U saw a game called Olympia Rise, Rises Rising. Which Olympia you Rising. Sent me a trailer of today. Yes, I, w- I woke I, up to that. I saw it, a video for it, and I immediately thought, "Oh, this is a game that Brad could get into." Now is it uh is it a set world or is it is it like uh what's I I'm sorry I'm forget like a roguelike where the world changes It's a set world. Okay, cool. Um, and like the enemies are placed in positions to where you can 
uh, combo them. Uh, basically, the way the game sets up is that you have like a double jump, and if you attack an enemy, you get a you get another jump. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think if you kill an enemy, you get your your full double jump back. So it's it's really built on killing enemies and hopping up and hopping through enemies to to keep your combo going. Um, and each area of the environment, you have to earn a certain number of coins for this guy who controls the underworld to let you through a gate. And you're basically escaping from the underworld to go to the top of Mount Olympus. And then it looked like there was boss fights and stuff in it too. Yes, yes, there is. Um, so it's got some kind of like... I don't know, like Mega Man X kind of style boss fights, pattern yeah. based. It, it kind of felt like playing as Kid Icarus in the Smash Brothers adventure game, uh, the subspace. Emissary? Emissary. Yeah, that's what it kind of felt like to me. Okay, I could see that. Or it's, uh, it, as, as far as uh, watching it, obviously I don't know how it feels, I haven't played it yet. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> um, and it's only five bucks. I heard it was kind of short, I don't know what, exactly what that means, mm-hmm. but it, it looks good, and for five bucks, I think it's a pretty good buy, I'm just getting, based on what I've seen I'm so far. I'm definitely going to get it, so. Cool. Um, another thing that came out on the Wii U this week is a game. Uh, yeah, it's a game called The Book of Unwritten Tales Two, and not only is this available on download, it's actually a disc release as well. Oh, cool! And it is a point-and-click adventure. It kind of looks like Trine, okay. uh, sort of, um, but a little bit like if Trine and uh, Escape from Monkey Island had a had a video game baby. <laughs> And uh, it's published by Nordic Games, the people that did uh, Darksiders, I think. Um, they're, yeah, it's not they're just doing a lot of me. they're just doing a lot of publishing lately, and uh, they they also have recently, through Twitter, responded to someone's tweet about if they're going to make any more Wii U games, and they said that they had some kind of action adventure game that they're working on. Hmm. So that's interesting. And that is. I'll throw that out there. And uh, for Virtual Console, Wario Master of Disguise for the DS came out on Wii U Virtual Console. Yeah, I wasn't and, really into that one. Yeah, I wasn't really either. I don't know why exactly, but I just I didn't I didn't really like it very much for whatever reason. No, I'm trying to remember what it, I I didn't even buy it. I rented it and I sent uh-huh. it right back. It just didn't feel like a Wario game, I guess, is what turned me off of it. Did you, real quick, did you like Shake It, Mario Land Shake It? Uh, that's the that's the, the Wii, Wii one. one. Yeah, I, I love it. I have a poster of it hanging on my wall next to me. Maybe oh. I'll show that on a future episode. I'll switch it out for the posters behind me now. Oh, yeah, I, I really like that game. I, I specifically like uh, how you had to run back to the beginning after beating each level. That's pretty cool. That was my favorite. I liked uh, doing the belly slide across water. I thought that was like one of the coolest Wario mechanics ever. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then on the 3DS, there is a game from Circle Entertainment called Puzzle Labyrinth, which if I could describe it, it's kind of like Etrian Odyssey, uh, first-person dungeon crawling with like environmental puzzles and like screen-based puzzles. It kind of reminds me of the puzzles you would see in... Uh, the PC game, The Witness, and uh, and then it has like battling in it too. So there's like some RPG battling in it as well. It's kind of weird. Um, and uh, a, a game called Dan McFox Headhunter, which is <laughs> which you're playing as like a fox detective, and the gameplay is like speed running the game. Guess who? Oh my god, it's so weird. So it gives you like a, a thing like they have glasses on and then you got to pick the the people to have gla- – like all the people to have glasses as quick as possible. Hmm. And then it will give you another clue and you pick out all those people. And then you pick all these different things and then the person you're really looking for has all of those attributes. And so it's just a speed running kind of can you pick out the differences kind of game. It sounds kind of fun. It, it certainly could be. I wonder if there – I wonder if there's a multiplayer mode because that would be – I think a lot of fun. Yeah, that does sound interesting. Uh, and then for DLC, we have Fire Emblem DLC, of course. <laughs> and uh, there's also a, a free Hyrule Warriors Legends update called Free Companion Fairy, um, which adds some stuff for the Street Pass mode. Okay. 
And uh, that is it for this week. All right, cool. So let's go ahead and close out the show. I don't have anything free to give away this week. So you can find me at Bradley Guys, Twitter and YouTube. I should have some more videos coming up soon. I just finished up my normal mono super double battle Mason run. It ended a little quicker than I wanted it to. I think I'm going to move on to triple battles now. Cool. I've done some test runs, which I've mentioned before, and I'm feeling pretty good about them. So I don't know what type I'm going to do yet. I will mention it on the show when I do. Where can people find you at, Adam? You can find me online almost everywhere um, at iDrawRobots. Um, I'm giving away free compliments, so if you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna hit me up, I will say something nice about you. Um, that that'll brighten your day up right away. <laughs> awesome. And I also just wanted to mention before we end it, um, I should have been asking everybody to sub us on iTunes this whole time. If if you're a listener, um, even if you're watching the video on YouTube, why don't you be a pal and throw us a sub on iTunes? I mean, that's the only way. A review would be cool too. But I'll, I'll settle for a sub. But I definitely should have been mentioned. I mean, we're episode 11, and I haven't mentioned once that that's, that's where we put the main, you know, the audio version of this on iTunes. Anyway, uh, I think with that, we'll go ahead and close it out. So thank you very much for watching or listening or however you're uh, consuming the show. And until next week, we will catch you later. Right from the start, Konami Sports for Nintendo break away from the crowd. Test your skill and stamina in track and field 2's 15 grueling events, including taekwondo, skeet shooting, and canoeing. Then strap on your skates for Blades of Steel, the hottest game on ice. It's full high-contact hockey, where you're in control right down to the fights. Konami Sports, from the makers of Double Dribble. Konami, wherever great games are sold.